You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. Welcome back in, everyone, to the Go247 podcast. I'm Glenn West, the senior writer here at the site. Uh, joined by a very busy Dylan Sanders, it sounds like this week. Dylan uh, wrapping up a, a might have been a might be an open date for LSU football, but it hadn't been a bye week for for Dylan by any stretch. Well, what's been going on with you, Dylan? Just a lot of school, you know. Senior, you know, senior year. I've heard about senioritis. I was, I was expected to get ready to graduate and not care, but I have so much to do. <laughs> so, so much school. School is busy. School yeah. keeps me busy, but uh, it's been good. It's been, uh, yeah, it's been awesome. Been able to talk to, you know, some recruits earlier this week about the the reactions to Ole Miss game. So it's been a fun week. Just, just busy. Yep. Yep. No, it's been. We've been keeping busy. We've been trying to keep busy on the site as well, and uh, we'll, we'll certainly get into some of the stuff we've been doing and kind of just wanted to take this time uh, with LSU, obviously, in their open date to kind of give a little bit of a recap or a little bit of a maybe an assessment of kind of how LSU's looked here eight games into the Brian Kelly era. Uh, we'll touch on just some of the bright spots, some of the, the low spots, and then some of the things we could you know potentially see improvement on here over the final four-game stretch. Uh, for LSU to be contenders and not pretenders, right, as, as Brian Kelly said. So um, I guess with that, we'll start off with um, just some some overall thoughts here uh, on the team and on the program uh, as they head into this open date. Um, very impressive last two weeks. You know, I think obviously there's uh, a lot that you can build on here with the back-to-back wins. Uh, first uh, uh, you know, over Florida on the road and then against Ole Miss uh, at home, taking care of business against a top 10 team for the first time uh, in the Kelly era. I thought, um, I mean, I, we've, we've touched on it a little bit, but offensively LSU's really taken a bunch of steps forward. Um, Jaden Daniels pretty much looks like a new quarterback these last two weeks. I'd love to know what 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 kind of uncorked his uh his 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 rise here in the last two weeks we've kind of heard from it from Kelly a little bit you know he just thinks he's more comfortable and you know I think the the big thing for me is you know it sounds like there's a lot of trust being built in the locker room right now uh this seems like a locker room that's as together as it's been uh all really all off season and all season long they've really grown uh I think you know closer uh, together here in these last couple of weeks as, as they've kind of found some success. And I think that's kind of just a natural uh, response. You know, when you kind of see something working, you want to work on it more and uh, hone it and, and continue to, 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 to make it a, a positive effect on the team. And I think really top down, it's been a really stellar effort offensively. Um, you know, defensively, I think, you know, there's certainly some, some areas which we'll touch on that I think need to see improvement. Uh, but it does sound like, there are going to be some reinforcements on the way um, from everything that we've heard this week. It sounds like Major Burns is going to get cleared for practice early next week. 
and, and be cleared to return for the Bama game. Um, a huge piece for LSU if they're able to get him back uh, at safety uh, next to Greg Brooks. And you can obviously switch in Joe Fouché there a little bit as well, uh, who's had a really nice bounce back week against the Rebels last week. But, um, yeah, I think just, you know, the the big thing with the defense has just been consistency in tackling. I mean, I think we saw it against Florida where this was just not a – it wasn't a very good effort in the tackling department. Uh, it's been an issue that's cropped up on them a couple times uh, this season. Uh, I think most notably probably against Auburn, against uh, uh, against Tennessee and uh, in, in, in Florida. But, you know, really that second, third, and fourth quarter of the Ole Miss game, I thought they came out uh, really ready to play. Um, there was certainly a lot more improvement there, um, you know, in terms of tackling um, that, that, that they were able to really show. Um, you know, I think Makai Wingo has continued to be a star on the inside defensively. Harold Perkins continues to emerge as a you know freshman of the year candidate, I think, in the SEC. He's had that kind of impact for LSU when he's been in the game. Um, and and just, just been really solid play, I think, uh, from the secondary as a whole uh, in the last couple of weeks. So, um, you know, with that, I'll turn it over to you, Dylan. Are there any big picture kind of just bullet points that you wanted to hit on, something that, you know, you really noticed LSU uh, doing well, maybe not doing well uh, in the last couple of weeks that we're, we're, we're going to hit on here? Um, well, I'll state what I think really needs to improve, and it's something that we've talked about a lot um, and I think has gotten slightly better as special teams. Um, yeah. right now they rank bottom 30 in the country in kickoff return coverage and bottom 15 in punt return coverage, uh, in the country. And I think that's just, again, unacceptable. Uh, but I, I think it, it, it got slightly better. We're not seeing as, as many as terrible, horrific mistakes as we did to start the year. So it's getting slightly better. We got a, uh, we got a Brian Pullian fist pump, uh, this week, which was good to see. Yeah. Um, I know he, I know he was happy to have like some actual good special teams play. Uh, so I think it'll be interesting to see how they address special teams over these next two weeks. You have time to really take a step back and be like, okay, what's going wrong? What's going on? What can we do to get our gunners in position? What can we, what can we, what can we do to improve uh, our coverage? Because like I said, it's been bad. Um, and it's one of those things that I think a lot of people don't really think about uh, whenever you're like looking at overall, like, team is like oh how well do they cover punts but it's something that i think has plagued this team and being in the bottom uh, of the entire country uh is something that i think is not ideal for lsu yeah i mean look bouncing off that a little bit um just kind of the plan for the open date this week was they wanted to get kelly or they wanted to get polian out on the road early so they got in a lot of special teams work from what i understand on tuesday um they hit up uh did just a ton of special teams work a ton of individual drills uh, and then they had a little scrimmage there with some of the younger guys on Tuesday um, from what we heard from Coach Kelly. So uh, they got pulling out on the road for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for recruiting. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, look, it's it's the special teams kind of got to a point, I think, this year where it just you don't want it to keep beating yourself. And, like, you know, LSU for really three, four straight weeks there uh, was just uh, – essentially spotting the opponent's points because of special teams. And I think for the first time against Ole Miss, uh, they didn't do that. They, they didn't 
they didn't spot an opposing team points because of bad field uh, bad field coverage on punts or because of a muff punt or a miss uh, miss kick or a, a shanked punt or something like that. I mean, like penalties. I mean, the the penalties that we're racking up on special teams were getting pretty absurd. Um, and 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 I think they were able to clean up a lot of that for the most part against Ole Miss. Um, I think that's you know really focus. I mean that's I think to play special teams you got to have a mindset and a focus on just doing the doing the simple things right. And I, I think LSU's kind of found uh, a little bit um, a little bit of encouragement I think after that Ole Miss performance. And look, I mean as you approach this Bama game here. The one thing you're not going to be able to do against Alabama is spot them good field position, spot them points, um, give you know Bryce Young any kind of advantage offensively, um, and and LSU certainly got to got to clean that up. So, um, you know, I think that is probably a good stopping point for special teams. You know, we don't want to hark on those guys too much. Um, you know, look, uh, we we as part of our series this week on on the site, we kind of released some grades throughout the you know, offense, defense, and special teams on the various positions. Um, I guess we could hit on a couple of position groups that maybe have stood out. Maybe that would be a good idea uh, to kind of hit on a couple of positions that um, you know maybe have underwhelmed, overwhelmed. Um, and and I, I guess for me, uh, what I'll start with is um, is the wide receiver group because that came in. Uh, they came in as the most highly touted group on the roster, um, you know, I, I, outside of maybe defensive line. I mean, I think we all expected the D line to be pretty consistent and pretty good. Um, but, you know, the wide receiver group was like right there with them in terms of talent, in terms of expectations. Um, and I think through five, six weeks of the season, um, they didn't really live up to those expectations. That's just, uh, I think, the truth of it all. You know, there were certainly – uh, some issues as you tried to build trust with Jaden Daniels uh, as the quarterback. Um, you know, there were uh, bad route timings. There was drops. There were uh, just lack of focus, I think, at times um, with that receiver group. And, you know, I think they took a brunt of the the uh, the kind of the, the – the, uh, I'm trying to think of the word uh, – just the brunt of the uh, – the hits there on offense, you know, they, 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 they kind of hit, they kind of got beat up a little bit, I think um, in terms of just the, the, the way that they were being talked about, I think resonated with the players for a little bit. Um, it sounds like things really took a turn for that group uh, when they had the players only meeting. Um, I believe it was after the Tennessee game uh, where they had the players only meeting between Daniels uh, and the wide receivers. It might've been just prior to the Tennessee game. Um but you could really start to sense, even in that Tennessee loss, um, that I think they were starting to build a little bit more of a rapport. Uh, and then you really got to see it against Florida and against Ole Miss these last two games. Um, really, really encouraged uh, by the way they played. Um, you know, I think Daniels is feeling more confident and more trusting in those guys. Um, you know, Kayshawn has has had some really nice moments. Brian Thomas. Uh, has been Mr. Uh, he's been really uh, just electrifying at times. Uh, and then Dre Jenkins has been Mr. Consistency for you really all season. And Dre Jenkins is a guy that even us here 24 seven, you know, we've, <laughs> we haven't talked about him a whole lot and he's just been honestly probably their most consistent receiver now for two years in a row. And he's kind of the guy that gets forgotten in the lineup. So um, 
that's our bad. I think that's the media's bad as a whole. Um, he, he deserves some more praise for just how well he's been playing these last few years. And certainly I think the, one of the early throws that I think really got this thing back on track was, was Daniels hitting uh, uh, Jenkins on that go route uh, against Florida. Just a beautiful pass, beautiful catch, beautiful route, um, everything all around. And so I do think this is a receiver group that is on the rise. I think you'll see them over these next four games start to reach some of those expectations that we had for them coming into the year. Um, and and I think it's going to be a, a really good – uh, really strong finish for the offense as a whole. I'm really uh, feeling encouraged about seeing that consistency through two weeks uh, in a row. Um, Dylan, are there anything offensively, any position group in particular that you feel like deserves a little bit of a nod uh, or, or something that, you know, maybe a, a group that's over, over, overhyped or underhyped, underproduced? Just what, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, I think we have to talk about Jaden a little bit during this. Sure. And um, I think there were there was a growing sentiment outside of the program, maybe outside of locally and outside that they were like, all right, it's only a matter. It's a matter. It's not a matter of if, but when Garrett Nussmeyer takes over the offense halfway through this season or whatever. It's like, when is Garrett Nussmeyer going to become the starter? And the answer, as is clear, is not while Jaden Daniels is here. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, I mean, everyone – Daniels proved pretty much everyone wrong. Uh, and he was – you know, it took some time getting used to the offense, and I think that was to be expected. Um, but what maybe wasn't expected, that uh, LSU gave him the t- – Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Oh, Sorry, I think we got. Oh, yeah, now I can hear myself. We were talking. Uh, LSU gave gave him the time. Can you hear? Yep. Okay. Right. I'm LSU good. In the time was when I uh, when you cut out. Honestly. Yeah. And uh, LSU gave him the time to uh, really sit in and and grow in the offense, and I think it's paid off because he the past two weeks uh, he's been one of the most electrifying players in the country. I mean, eleven touchdowns total. Uh, just coming from your quarterback pretty much is, is crazy um, and very good in, within two weeks. So it'll be a question of if he can continue that, but I, I don't think he's shown us anything or any reason to believe that he won't keep continuing because he's gotten better every week of the season. Um, so I don't think that there's a reason to now expect a huge regression um, because no. that's just, yeah, that's just not how, how this season has played out. Um and so I want to give him give him his flowers for 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 growing and maturing. And really, you see, it, you don't see it often a player change this much in the middle of a season, but he has. And so I think that he deserves some credit for that. Yeah, no, I agree completely. I mean, uh, I think in our offensive uh, grades piece, I, I stuck it as a B plus for Jaden. Um, and really, I mean, if you had said that after the. The, you know, the Tennessee game or the Auburn game or something. I mean, it would have been 
homer. It's a homer kind of thing there for B plus, but he really has been that impressive these last two weeks. Uh, just in confidence and aggression and just everything that you wanted to see from him. He did it in back-to-back weeks, which was the biggest thing that I wanted to see after that Florida performance. I was like, is this going to be an outlier for him or is this potentially a sign of what's to come? And I think, you know, just kind of bouncing off that a little bit, I mean, like if LSU gets this version of Jaden Daniels for the rest of the season, they're going to be in every single game they play. Like I I don't think there's any – uh, anybody out there that doesn't think they can't beat Alabama or Arkansas or A&M uh, if, uh, if, if Daniels keeps performing like this. I mean, he has been as close to uh, perfect as you could possibly ask for in this offense. He's making the right decisions. Um, I mean, 11 touchdowns over a two-week span kind of pretty much speaks for itself, but the way he's been doing it has been extremely, extremely impressive. He's hitting his receivers in stride. Um, he's 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 making the right reads. He's taken off when he needs to, not when he wants to. I think that's been a huge thing for him in terms of his in-season development. Uh, and I think he trusts the coaching staff more. I think, honestly, like, as they've been working with his mechanics, as they've been kind of tinkering with his game uh, this offseason, you got to build that trust. I mean, you got to be able to build that trust not only with your players, but with the coaching staff as well, with the game plans going into games, um, I think the play calling from Mike Denbrock has been really uh, much improved these last couple of weeks because they're leaning into what Jaden does best. Um, and, and, and you know, I think we'll get into this part next, but the offensive line is holding up too. I mean, like, the, I think we have to touch on the offensive line um, and the progress that they've made over the last couple of weeks. I mean, uh, when you have your your two bookend tackles, Will Campbell and Emory Jones, pretty much solidified for the next two years, um, that is that is a huge, huge plus. I mean, they are going to get – or they already have gotten some really amazing experience in year one as true freshmen. Um, can you just – I mean, imagine what they could be in, in two years from now. I mean, it's pretty crazy to think about, um, where, especially considering where this group was this time a year ago, where – I mean, it was very bleak in terms of the future of the O-line. You just had no idea uh, what that group was going to be able to do. Um, I think Charles Turner has settled in at center. Um, you know, the, the last two weeks they've been rolling with Miles Frazier and uh, Anthony Bradford as the two guards, um, and, and that's worked out well. Um, I think it's gotten to a point where, you know, they're they're expecting Garrett Dellinger to be healthy for, for this Bama game. They think he could be ready to play. But I'm kind of the opinion that, man, I really, really wouldn't want to touch this offensive line the way they've been rolling the last couple of weeks. What are your, what are your thoughts on the O line? Yeah, I think better than expected going in. It's, uh, it was a huge, it was probably the biggest question mark for a lot of people on the team, and I think it's, it's been answered. Charles Turner has it has been good. Like I think everyone, I agree. Everyone should just stay where they're at. Um, it's, it's looking good. It's gotten to a point where you don't really have to think about it that much. Um, the production for Jaden's been really good. The running game's been opening up. They're hitting that rhythm. So I think you keep it where it's at right now. I agree. I agree completely. Um, you know, just, I guess, wrapping up with the offense here, Josh Williams been really impressed with him. Uh, he's really developed as a runner. You know, obviously they used him early in the season as a 
third down black, uh, third down back, you know, in, in, in pass protection as a, as a blocker. Um, but they've they've really opened him up and I think used him as a rusher uh, in a really, really good way. Amani Goodwin came back from that injury and looked pretty explosive, I thought, in his first game back from uh, against Ole Miss. I think he's, he'll see his touches continue to rise uh, in this offense. And, yeah, I, I just think this offense is really going to be in for something special here over the next several weeks. Uh, I think they have a chance to really go on a great run. Um, and that kind of, I guess, leads us to the defensive side of things here. Um, you know, I, I would say probably my biggest takeaway defensively um, – as, as I mean, it's kind of hard not to look at Harold Perkins and think that's probably the most different guy on the field. I mean, all you got to do is listen to Lane Kiffin on that one. But um, how they've been bringing their pressures the last couple weeks, I think, has been very interesting uh, with how they've used Perkins, with how they've opened up the defense a little bit. Um, you know, they've they've done a really nice job, I think, of, of balancing wanting to use Perkins, but also keeping guys like Ojolari and Golly Gay engaged and on the field and in opportunities where they can make plays as well. Um, but really this comes down to, in my opinion, the tackling. And I think like the tackling has just been so much better. Um, these uh, particularly against Ole Miss um, where, you know, you kind of, you kind of saw some stumbles you know, early in the, you know, kind of early in the game where they got down 17, um, three, but really those second, third, fourth quarters, um, they kept everything in front of them. They got pressure on Jackson Dart and they made him throw bad, you know, they made him throw into really tight windows and, and coverage windows. Uh, and then they didn't let anything kind of break away on him too, which was really, really important. Uh, I think for, 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 for the confidence of this defense um, that had really built some really great, you know, kind of early season momentum uh, that just kind of got lost there in the shuffle with the, with the Auburn game, with the the Tennessee game, and then uh, a little bit with the Florida game as well. I just thought that three-week stretch there, you know, they could have let that get to them a little bit. But really, after every single one of those games, the players we talked to um, were, were still extremely upbeat about kind of the predicament they were in. You know, they they understood that there needed to be some improvements there, but they felt like they had the talent um, to be able to go out and make those improvements. And I think, you know, the confidence that they gained in that Ole Miss game will certainly, um, you know, kind of help propel them into some more consistent effort, I think, over the last four games. But, um, you know, we, we, you've touched a lot on Harold Perkins. You've talked about him a lot. Um, is there anything in this defense you're looking at as like, okay, this is how we can have some success here over the last four weeks of the year? Um, I think – I think it's been pretty much, yeah, the, the defensive front has been as good as you could possibly ask for, um, especially de depending on uh, seeing how, how Mason Smith uh, got hurt, which was a huge bummer. And everybody was like, oh, no, well, now the now the line might suck. But, uh, you know, we've given Mikhail Wingo a lot of praise, rightfully so. Jay Roy, um, Ali Gay has stepped it up. He, he was having a rough start to the season, but I think he's gone back to the mean – uh, just, you know, he's looking like he should look. He's been great um, on run defense. Great on run, great on run defense. Um, and, you know, his lacking in pass rush uh, has been supplemented by Harold Perkins and Savion Jones, I think, is a, a producer that not a lot of people expected to see. Mm -hmm. um, and even the linebackers have gotten better. Um, 
and their their understanding when and where to use these guys, which is which is good. And I think that's what Mount House has done a really good job of. Uh, you know, a lot of there's been a lot of complaining about Harold Perkins' usage, but outside of that, I think that he's done a good job of putting putting guys into places to succeed. Um, the big question mark I think now is the secondary. And that was, that was a question mark going into the season for a lot of people. And I think it's been continued. LSU still does give up those big runs, big plays through the air. Um, and, you know, Ole Miss probably would have uh, gotten a couple more big plays if it wasn't for the front, just bothering J- Jackson Dart all day, making him miss open guys. Uh, so I think that's where you need to look at. But also with with Major Burns coming back, I think that really allows you to go back to what your strength was. Yeah. So that's going to be a huge, huge, huge return. But uh, overall, for go if we're going report, report cards, I'll give I'll give Matt House a, a, a B plus for his first year as well. Yeah, I mean, look, it's kind of the the one thing that uh, Brian Kelly I think knew when bringing in House is that he would be able to adjust to SEC offenses pretty quickly because he has that experience going back to Kentucky. Uh, several years ago and look I think you know you don't want to hark on any any one guy too much but like getting Baskerville in there and and Greg Penn is kind of your your anchors on linebacker I think has been really really uh, a smart move for LSU Um, you know Mike Jones I think still could find his way back on the field but you've seen his role uh, really diminish a lot over the last couple weeks uh, in terms of that inside linebacker uh, spot it's just been a tough it's just been a tough adjustment for Mike and, you know, he's been a, I think that's a really good Testament to the coaching staff because he has been such a huge leader for them off, off in on the field. I mean, like he um, just talking with him, you can really see how much he's respected in that locker room. Kind of reminds me a little bit about, you know, kind of how Damone Clark was, was respected in, in 2020 and, and everybody was really hyping on him as a guy that was going to be a huge piece for, for LSU's defense. And it just didn't work out that first year uh, for him as a starter. But, um, you know, the coaching staff made a really good choice here, I think, with, with getting Baskerville some more reps, um, with, uh, you know, kind of continuing to coach up Greg Penn. There's been some some flaws, I think, from Penn um, that you're going to certainly have to clean up in the offseason. But, um, you know, whether it's eye discipline, whether it's just, just – you know, kind of managing the field uh, in the middle of the field a little bit better. But, um, yeah, I think, look, you know, defensively it's going to start and stop with with how the secondary plays. You, you touched on it a little bit there. But um, I, I do think the return of Major Burns or the expected return of Major Burns um, will add an extra layer of confidence um, and momentum into this group. Um, you know, look, Joe Fouché had a, had a really nice bounce-back game, I think, against Ole Miss. And you're – you're starting to see the development here, some real depth, I think, in the secondary, which was something you couldn't really say uh, two weeks ago when you had to essentially put Bernard Converse as your other safety because you didn't trust what you had back there. So um, I, I do think that, you know, look, the, the secondary's play is going to be huge um, against Alabama, against a quarterback like Bryce Young. You know, I wouldn't expect LSU's defensive line to get that consistent pressure on Bryce Young. You know, LSU, um, Alabama's offensive line is, is again, you know, really, really good. I mean, like, they always seem to churn out really good offensive lines, and um, I don't think that's, you know, going to – that's going to be the case again this 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 week as well. So, uh, but we'll dive in more to Alabama uh, on Sunday when we get back together for another pod. But, um, yeah, you know, I think defensively, 
um, when you look at just kind of the the big picture takeaway, um, I, I think it kind of revolves around tackling and, and around getting stops in the secondary uh, and being consistent in their communication. So, um, you know, I, I guess with that, are there is there we can kind of dive into what you want to see maybe moving forward. I think that would be a good thing to say. Just what what are maybe one or two things that you're looking at? It could be offensively or defensively that if LSU checks these boxes um, will really kind of propel them into a strong finish in the 2022 season. Um, let's see. I'd say hmm. – honestly, I think at this point of the season with who they have running back uh, uh, coming up on the schedule, as if the offense can – match the production that they've had the past two weeks or at least get around that. I think LSU has a chance to run the table for the rest of the season. If not only drop one more game, uh, it, it really comes down to LSU keeping this momentum through the bye week um, and not coming back with the same confidence, if not more confidence. Um, it, it'll, the, the defense will figure itself out. There's enough talent on the defense where, yeah, they'll, they'll get enough. They should get enough stops. Um, the offense just has to keep working this way uh, if they want to win out for the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I think it's going to start with the offense uh, and its ability to continue to to build on these last two games. Um, you know, I think you know, uh, kind of an underrated part of all this is, is, is the coaching as well. I think you've seen these players really buy into the coaches uh, in the last three, four weeks or so. Um and yeah, I mean, look, I, I just think that, you know, it's, it's going to be a really good run here um, over the next three or four weeks. I think LSU has a lot uh, of momentum to continue to grow on. Um, it'll be interesting to see kind of the how the injuries shake out. You know, there's also a chance that Jack Besh will be back next week for the Bama game. He's dealing with a little bit of back strain, but really um, you're going to want all hands on deck. And I think that's going to be, uh, this is going to be the opportunity or it's going to be the point in the season where we really see uh, LSU's conditioning uh, take take foot and you know, kind of be front front and you know kind of front step there uh, in terms of just how they've conditioned uh, their nutrition, their bodies, how they hold up. Um, you know it's something that Kelly has harked on really all season long and you, you LSU's been a second half team all year and I think that's just because their athletes not only are, they're not only playing better and executing better, but it's because they have more juice in the second half than the other team. I think you can see that in a lot of these games where LSU's offensive line is really controlling um, the, the opposing defensive line these last couple of weeks in the second half. Uh, and they're going to need to do that again here against Alabama next week. So uh, conditioning, nutrition is going to be uh, continue to be stressed and, and a very, very important part of all of this. Um, but you know, uh, I guess with that, um, we um, have- I did want to ask you um, yeah. another thing to look at middle of the season. We haven't really talked about him. we've talked about him throughout, but not not really any impressions. But um, you know, we're halfway through the first season of the Brian Kelly era. Where, what do you think about the fit? Everyone was saying it's terrible, terrible fit. People were calling him a terrible coach, but now suddenly people seem to have remembered that he is one of the best coaches in college football. But uh, how, how do you think? What, what's your impression of Brian Kelly so far? Uh, this part, uh, this halfway into his first season. 
Yeah, so I, I, I think Hathaway. probably it's um, you know he uh, he's promised. I think their 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 year one kind of uh, plans have 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 kind of gone to fruition so far. I, I I don't think this is a program that feels it's close to where it needs to be. Um, we've heard that from Coach Kelly really all season long. How much they still want to improve. How much recruiting is going to be important over the next couple of years. Um, but I think what you're starting to see is that buy-in, you know, the buy-in from the players that are on this current roster that are starting to understand what it takes uh, to, to win games on Saturdays. Uh, that process has been uh, exponentially better, I, I, I think, over the last two weeks, uh, three weeks um, even. Um, but, um, yeah, I would say strong start. I mean, if you had sat here and told me that LSU was going to be in a tie – for first in the SEC West heading into this final four game stretch. Um, I wouldn't have believed you. I thought I would have thought they would have been, you know, kind of more in the three loss column at, at this point in the year. I thought they might've dropped another game uh, than they have, but um, you know, we were talking about it earlier this year, that Mississippi state game was really a trap game for LSU and they came out and really, really played well in that one. But I think it's just been a, um, uh, a, a strong, strong start. I mean, you know, you, you can – I mean, this guy inherited 39 scholarship players uh, a year ago, and it's and turned it into a team that's competing on, an, on a week-in, week-out basis in the SEC. And I think that is a strong indicator of kind of what's to come. I think one of the more important things is that you've started to see uh, some development from some of the young players, you know, the Perkins, the Campbells, the Joneses of the world, you know, guys that are going to be in your program here and be pillars of your program for the next couple of years, you're getting them that experience early, early in their career, and they're capitalizing on their opportunities. I think that's a really strong uh, indication of, of Kelly's influence and, and kind of the, you know, the process that it takes for them to, to get onto the field and play well. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say it's been a, if I had to peg a grade on it, probably an A minus. I mean, like there's, you know, there's been some, some coaching flukes here and there, the fourth and 10, you know, against, against Tennessee. That'll, I'll never understand that. I mean, that's just uh, not, and I think that I'm not in the, the on a, on a lone boat in that regard, but um, yeah. What, what are, what are kind of your thoughts on, on how coach Kelly's handled this first year? Yeah. I mean, we could be seeing one of the marquee rebuilds ever, <laughs> honestly, at this point, um, just in terms of speed, uh, and, and, you know, success this early, I gave, I said, LSU going into the year needed to go seven and five to finish the year with, uh, with a positive outlook. But now at this point of the season, seven and five would be a massive disappointment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. only, only yeah. winning, uh, only winning, uh, the, uh, the UAB game to finish out the year would be a massive, massive disappointment. Um, so, you know, honestly, I mean, he's had to have exceeded my uh, exceeded my expectations. I think Josh Heupel uh, still has the crown for quickest rebuild just to how, how fast they've gotten to this point. Um, if LSU's where Tennessee's at next year, I think uh, it'll be really exciting, but you can't expect that. No. Um, but I think, yeah, I think – his uh, his ability to bring in through the transfer portal and bring in the right guys from the transfer portal. And I think recruiting has gone swimmingly. Yeah. 
so far, especially for the next couple of years and some guys that they're in place to get that haven't committed yet. Uh, really exciting. Uh, so I, I've, I think recruiting has been the, the least talked about, but also the most impressive part of Brian Kelly's tenure. This staff can recruit and recruit well, very, very well. Yeah, just think- just some of the people that they're in competition to get should they should not be realistically. Yeah, and a year um, rebuild, absolutely not. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, but uh, they 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 have people built in, and and recruits are super excited to join this program, and it's uh, it's encouraging to see. I think the future is very bright, uh, and I think uh, Brian Kelly fits LSU. That's my definitive statement. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you bring a, a, a winning coach is what you're getting in Brian Kelly and everybody knows a winner fits well in Baton Rouge. So, um, yeah, I, I'm glad you touched on that recruiting point, too, because they are uh, they are absolutely tearing it up. LSU's now up to 23 commits in this class. And I think, um, you know, with, you know, no scholarship limit, um, they, they're going to be in for a, a strong close to the 2023 class as well. So um, and they're already off to a great start for the 2024 class yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They're, they're visiting all these guys. They're, they're spending a lot of time uh, this week out on the trails, making sure they're keeping in touch with all their commits in this class, touching on a couple of guys in the next class as well. So they're, they're doing their due diligence. And I think that's what you, really need to see. And that's kind of what coach Kelly told us earlier this week is that, you know, this is going to be a, it's It's great that we're building these habits now, but we're really still building for the future. And the next one, two, three recruiting classes are really going to show us a lot about what our, what our program's future is going to be in terms of stability, in terms of winning uh, year in and year out. So a uh, strong, strong start, I think on that front. Uh, and they've been doing it locally and they've been doing it nationally too, which is really, really impressive. So um, I guess with that, um, we'll be back on Sunday to kind of give a little bit more of an in-depth look at Alabama and the matchup that uh, they're good. Uh, I'll give you a quick, they're good. <laughs> quick that's a spoiler alert. They're good. <laughs> but, um, but this is going to be a fun one. I think the anticipation is going to be uh, right there for, you know, three or four years ago when this game was one, three um, it's or two, three, when, when when Alabama came to town uh, at night uh, now you're getting a a similar matchup with a lot on the line. I mean, these are two teams that are, um, this is, this could be the sec West. This could be the sec West. Exactly. Yep. And um, you know, when you got, when you're playing Saban and essentially Saban's playing for a season right now, you know, you're going to get their best week in and week out. Um, and I think it's just going to make for a really entertaining matchup. So uh, with that, we'll be back on Sunday. But until then, you guys stay safe and we'll see you soon. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now.